Hey, what's up, patrons? How you doing? This is Len, the Bat Tribble. Coming to you with another greetings from the Bat Base. And today, I um, I have to apologize. I think I may have fallen off the schedule. I think I may have been due to bring you um, reviews of the most recent episodes of Batwoman this week. And it should have been up on Tuesday, so I apologize for that if I in fact was due for that I think I just fell off the schedule with that um so look for that next week um and I'm pretty sure maybe I didn't fall off the schedule because I'm pretty sure that I planned this so that the week before which will be next week that I would do an episode next week because the week after I will be out of town on vacation so maybe I didn't fall out, out of rhythm. I don't know. Either way, if I didn't fall out of rhythm as I am now rethinking <laughs> that I didn't, then you'll have a, an episode next Tuesday. Um, and this is a bonus. Uh, if I did fall out of rhythm, then this is this week's show. And then the bonus will be next week because next week I'll be doing another show. So either way, you're getting a bonus. There you go. Anyway, uh, I was I've been you know going over my head whether or not to do this over the past couple of days, and I just kind of landed on that I would do this for you, my patrons, as a way, another way of one showing um, mine and the Black Tribble's appreciation. For your patronage of our show and our ventures um and to two because you know this was a way of maybe kind of like maybe you know for lack of a better word deepening our relationship with one another and giving you even a even a further peek behind the curtain and three which is more importantly for me um these are just thoughts that I wanted to get off out of my head. Um, things that I just wanted to kind of say out loud and I haven't had anyone really to say them out loud to. So I'm using this forum as a form of um, release and therapy, if you will. So, but it's not going to be super long or complicated or anything like that. As the title of this episode reads, this is the Spider Tribble story. Um, and it came about because of a couple of recent things that have happened. Um, of course, Spider Tribble, um, for you longtime listeners of our show, um, is Jason Richardson, who was not exactly one of the original, but has been retroactively uh, deemed a founding member of the Black Tribbles. Um, I'll explain that in a little bit. Who um, was with us literally almost from the start, um, but a little over, now it may be closer to two years ago, um, had to drop off from the show um, amidst some 
allegations against him that were made against him. And we, um, we miss him, you know, uh, terribly. But um, in the wake of that, in the wake of that happening, you know, we moved on, the show moved on. Um, he moved on with his, with his thing, with his life. We moved on. And we, of course, you know, over the years have become not only friends with Jay, but friends with his, um, his fan base, because he has J one studios that he does where he develops video games and, you know, geeky events such as the cosplay prom and the more importantly, J one con. Um, so his fans have become fans, have become fans of ours over the years. And in the wake of all that went down over the past couple of years, we have had some well, interesting conversations or a lack of conversations with people that are fans of Jay. And, and I, and I shouldn't say we, uh, because I, because in that regards, I can't speak for all of the troubles, but I can certainly speak for myself. And the, the, the viewpoint that I have been led to believe is that the Tribbles, and more to the point, me, may have, um, you know, like, like basically like cut off all contact with Jay and threw him under the bus. And that has been the vibe that has been um, told to me by a couple of people um, who I know are fans and friends of Jay. Jay being the what we call Jason. For those who don't know, I'm trying, for those who know, you know, but if you don't know, so now you know. So Jason is Jay, and I'll be jumping back and forth between it. Or Spider, as Spider Triple, he's Spider Triple. All right. This is very off the cuff. Let's see, I'm keeping this personal for you, patrons. Um, so yeah, more than a few people have come to me basically saying they think that we have thrown them under the bus, that I have thrown them under the bus, and it is made for some interesting um, commentary. But most of the time when people say these things to me, they're, it's not with any type of... Um, it's not for wanting to hear, you know, my viewpoint on anything. Um, it's basically them just getting things off their chest and going about their business. And at that, and that's fine. Um, I have, I've, I've suffered, I've got a tough skin and I can take a lot. It takes a, it takes a lot to get to me. That stuff doesn't get to me, but so much, but, with J, the J1Con recently being convened in Atlantic City, um, and as far as I know, you know, it came off with, without too much of a hitch. I think there may have been some rumblings of some stuff, but as far as I know, it was, it went off. There were people there. People had fun. 
had a ton of people at the cosplay contest. I mean, you know, people enjoyed themselves. So, um, and at the end of the day, that's what you want for the brother to continue on with his success. But, um, you know, I wanted an opportunity at least get off my back, get off, get out of my head and thinking about stuff because while stuff may not get to me like outwardly stuff doesn't you know stuff kind of like bugs you and just kind of like tell my side of the spider triple story and try to illustrate the triples side of the story as best I can um first I'll begin at the beginning J1 coming onto the show and being retroactively made a founding member of the Black Tribbles. And I'm going to keep this short and sweet. But the Black Tribbles was started in 2011. Um, I had an idea of about doing a geeky um, radio show at the time. At the time, actually, I was ending my first radio show at g-town radio which which is internet radio station here in philadelphia i was ending my first radio show which was the rec radio show which was basically like a morning radio show except we did it on wednesday nights that show was shutting down after four years i was in the midst of doing uh, a sex show on g-town radio which was called The Pleasure Principle. I was the producer of that show and kind of like the co-host, but like it was led by this um, woman uh, named Pleasure. Um, that was in that show was in its second year, and that was airing on Thursdays. And I had had the idea of starting a, a geek, geeky radio show because I wanted to do a show that really was more like me invested in me which was being a a geek um i approached a friend of mine at the time named reggie who had been a a, a guest on my old radio show a couple of times i knew him to be a, a hardcore geek um a bit of a a bit of a personality um but I, I approached him about helping me do the show. He had an, had an idea about doing a music show, wanting to try to get a music show on G-Town Radio. So I said, hey, you help me with mine, and I'll use my strings at G-Town Radio, help you get yours done. Boom. Um, Black Tribbles was born. We soon roped in Eric, who was a mutual friend of ours. Um, and then I realized that we needed, uh, I wanted a woman on the show. We cast out a net for a, a woman, um, of which Kennedy, who was already a friend of mine, answered, upset that I had, didn't think of her immediately. And I was like, you're right. You have every right to be upset. I didn't know that at that time how truly geeky she was. So Kennedy came aboard and Randy, who had been a guest on my old radio show as well um reggie had made the suggestion of us reaching out to him neither of us really knew randy that well except for that inter except for the interview that i did with him 
But I said it wouldn't be a bad idea. We'll see if he's interested because we knew that while he was a rapper, he also worked in a comic book store. So um, we approached him. He liked the idea, said he couldn't commit to coming into the studio because of scheduling, but he could call into the show. So we were like, all right, cool. That'll be great. Thus, the Black Tribbles were born. That show, we rocked out for four weeks, at which time there was a blow up between Eric and Reggie that led to Reggie leaving the show. On the show after that, Kennedy had set up for us to interview Jason about J1 Studios and everything he was doing there because she knew him as a bar buddy of hers. We talked to Jason on the phone. We were only supposed to talk to him for about maybe 15, 20 minutes. He wound up staying on the phone with us for an hour. We loved his vibe. Um, I liked the vibe of having four people in the studio because at that time, Randy was just calling in. And we loved Jason, and I thought it was still early enough in the show that we then went to Jay and asked if he would join us on the show and he said he'd love to and thus the black triples were reborn and i say kind of like retroactively made a founding member before just to keep this kind of like geeky if you go back through the annals of the avengers the the avengers in in comic book form the avengers in comic book form were originally on their first issue it was thor iron man uh ant-man the wasp and the hulk and it wasn't until episode four. Wow, I just I just peeped this. It wasn't until episode four that they found Captain America floating in a um, in an iceberg um, and made Captain America a member of their team. And then somewhere later down the line, they just more or less, you know, because the Hulk left soon after Captain America joined um, somewhere later down the line, they just retroactively made Captain America a founding member like he had been there from the beginning because he was there like damn near at the beginning and jay was basically there damn near at the beginning so <laughs> duh jay is a founding member of black, black triples um and it made sense and he joined us so early on like i said it was like the fourth episode we it, he, we interviewed him on the fourth episode he was a member he was a on the made a member of the show like i think the fifth or sixth episode so within the first Two months he was on the show. He was a member of the show. Appearing in studio with us, us learning one another's rhythms and stuff like that. Him and Eric hit it off right off the bat. Um, not only because they were, were similar in, in stature, but they were also similar in like their thinking and how bombastic they were and how off the wall they were. Um, it, it was perfect. It just it fit seamlessly. And not um not coincidentally you know our biggest success came you know after jay joined us well because it was so early you know we got an interview in philly uh weekly local newspaper here got a cover feature on there which really kind of like blew us up um, we started going to conventions we started being asked to do conventions asked to do panels um, all the way to Star Trek 50 a couple of years ago, their 50th anniversary convention in New York, where we hosted two panels there to huge success. And Jay was 
lock and step right in the middle of all of that. Um, our two camps, his kind of like his J1 Studios camp and the Triple Nation almost became one. Uh, we were there at the the beginning, the the birth of the J1 Con. We were there for the first J1 Con. We were there for cosplay prom. We were there for a lot of a lot of first with uh, J1 and the Black Tribbles were locking step with him because he was our boy. He was our family. He's my brother. Um, and more than that, behind the scenes, while because of his work with J1 Studios, he never took on like a full producer role with Black Tribbles. That was more, you know, me and then Kennedy and, and Eric and, uh, and then later Isaiah when he came on. Um, Jay was still very integral to the development of Black Tribbles because as someone who was running J1 Studios, he proved to be a very valuable sounding board for me in how to you know construct things on the back end for black triples um so it was very often me and jay would just sit and talk about you know what he's doing with j1 on the back end and what i was doing with black triples on the back end and we'd confer notes and you know um see how we could maybe still tie some things either together or you know sharpen what he was doing or sharpen what I was doing. We became very cool sounding boards for one another. Um, and while he was, you know, uh, financially backing J1 Studios and I was financially backing Black Tribbles, um, he would you know, if at any time in a we in a pinch we needed something and then I didn't have it, Jay would step right in with the dough. Like, yo, you know, I got that, you know, and take care of it. And um that was something that was very valuable very valuable, you know, it it uh and, and appreciate it. Um and there were conversely times when Black Tribbles was involved with j1 and you know i wouldn't put the onus on him like well yo then we'll take care of this end or i'll take care of this end you know so it was a very it, it was just a seamless relationship between the two of us um and it was something like i said it was it was very valuable for me um and i i like to think that i provided value for him as well you gotta ask him um, he certainly seemed like it. He said it, but, you know, um, we got along. We we worked well together. Um, and conversely, we became friends. That's how I really developed my friendship with Jay. I mean, you develop a friendship on the show as well, but it really is in the back end when you're just BSing and, and tossing back drinks and going to each other's birthday parties and over each other's houses just shooting the, shooting the shit over barbecue and stuff like that where you really develop a friendship with people and I actually am not good at that. I'm, you know, far more outgoing on the radio 
than I tend to be in person. Um, I think it maybe is because I do talk so much on the radio that I kind of like shut it down a little bit in person. Um, or it's also because in person I, I tend to enjoy the one one on one as opposed to the group aspect unless I have to like, quote unquote, be on. Um, so uh, it, it was more of those one on one situations where me and Jay, you know, I like really, really vibed. Um, and I love the brother. Like I said, I, I, he when when Randy, who had already had two children, um, with the birth of his second son, Alex, chose that he was making all of the tribbles his godparents. One, we were all very touched. Um, and two, that was really like the. To me the culmination of what black tribbles really was a fan it had grown into a family like we all went to alex christening all of us you know like and it wasn't just all the tribbles it was us and our families eric and jay brought their wives and you know it was it was our it was we were a family we 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 were lockstep together um and it was a beautiful moment for me um, and for all of us for Randy to take us in like that um, because Randy didn't have a personal connection with any of us. The, the, the personal connection with us for Randy developed solely because of the show. Everyone else, we kind of like, at least you had some kind of relationship with one or another of the people, but with Randy, it was all through the show and it spoke big time of him and it spoke big time of what he thought of us and thus made you even like appreciate one another even a little bit more, you know? Um, so that's over to, you know, the course of the Tribbles history as we grow. And then we come to, like, like I said, a couple of years ago, it feels like it was at least two years ago. It actually doesn't feel like it was that long ago, but it was about, I guess now, about two years ago, that um, uh, Jay had some allegations made against him by someone from his past. Now, I'm not going to go into what the allegations were, Um they accept to say that they were sexual in nature. Um, and that they were, they were serious allegations. Um, they were serious allegations. You know, I don't, I don't know how you can ever prove one, you know, something like that because they were allegations allegations of misbehavior that had happened several years ago more than a few years ago quite a long time ago uh, over 10 years ago um nevertheless they were allegations they were strong allegations and they were not bubbling up but they were coming to the light and Jason had caught wind of that 
that this might come up. Um, and this was around the time that we were starting our misogyno um, campaign, our hashtag misogyno, um, kind of like trying to fight against misogyny in the geek sphere. And he'd kind of caught wind that these things might come up. He, he, I don't want to say he gave gave us a heads up, but he kind of just said like, you know, what happens to somebody from your past? He, you know, it was yada yada. And he's like, well, it's you know, it's context. You don't know what's going to be said. You know, you take it for what it is. And and I think it was. And to be fair, it was in the midst of a conversation where we were all basically saying like, yeah, you know, like if you go down the path of what I did of my past, do I think that I did anything? wrong to someone no but who's to say that you know put out a certain way it may not come off like i did you know what i mean it's all in how the story is told um so and and that was really the the crux of that conversation which came up i don't want to make it seem like jay kind of like gave us a heads up no it was really a conversation between all of us and i mean all of us like all of us kennedy included well just the guys kind of like having this conversation you know like you know just looking over your past and like wow you know what could come back to haunt you um but when these allegations came up like i said and they were serious allegations um the person that made the allegations i guess through putting it out there on social medias because it came out on social medias um got some people rallying to her defense and in the midst of that it got misrepresented that there were other members of the black triples who were guilty of similar allegations and this person who was the the accuser jay's accuser started posting things of that nature on the internet not directly of who in the black triples had done anything but that there were other members of black triples who had done things um and up to that point, while we were cognizant of what was going on, we were basically letting, like, Jay, this is somebody saying something about you, you know, what's up? Um, and him saying, you know, he's dealing with it, he's seeing it, and, you know, figuring out what his course of action was going to be. Once this person started to make, once that claim came out uh, saying that the Tribbles, other members of the Tribbles were doing things, I can only speak for myself. I knew that I wasn't guilty of anything, but I didn't know who they were referring to. So I wanted to speak with this person. And by then, Ariel had joined our show. Um, and she you know who had been hosting anime wednesdays which was a joint thing with the triples and um j1 at amalgam comics and coffee house you know her store she was kind of like in in you know in business with jay um because of that as well as because of being a member of black triples she had been contacted 
about this person trying to get them to stop anime Wednesdays. Now, it just so happened at the time that she contacted Ariel, anime Wednesdays had kind of stopped for the season. It you know, it would go go on for a few months and then it would stop for a few months. So it was in it was during that break. So it was easy for Ariel to kind of like hear it and say, okay, you know, we'll see what's happening. Um, but Ariel and I decided, okay, well, let's do our due diligence here. Um, let's reach out and find out what's going on with this woman. Cause Ariel wanted to hear her side of the story. Um, and I wanted to hear who she was talking about as far as other tribbles before doing that. Of course, because Jay was our boy and our and our partner and a member of the Tribbles, we all sat down with Jason and Jason told us his side of the story of about this allegations. Um, and it more or less came down to as far as I can tell. And I think and I'm pretty sure this was the consensus of all the triples that while these were very serious allegations that were being made against him, there was some. The, the allegations were made without full context of what was going on between Jason and his accuser in regards to their relationship with one another. And that context as far as we were concerned made a bit of a difference in the story being told. Um, some would say not much, uh, and that's certainly debatable, but it made some difference. Uh, but at that point, Jason had more was more or less taking the stance that he was not going to say anything he was not going to respond to these these allegations um he wanted to seek legal advice understood we me and ariel took that information and then we sought to have a meeting with his accuser because we wanted to hear her side of the story and it was honestly it was two people who were in quote unquote personal and business relationships with Jason doing their due diligence on what was going on so that we could get a full picture of what was going on um, because we had you know friendship that we had to consider and but we also had businesses that we had to consider um ariel had a malcolm comics and coffee house which she had to consider um because of its place in the philadelphia business marketplace as well as in geek culture and the geek landscape um and her vision of the show as being a place uh, where uh, an inclusive community place so she had a lot to consider um i had a lot to consider on a black triple side because not only was were was jason a friend of mine but he was also 
a member of the Black Tribbles, but the Black Tribbles themselves now having moved out of the sphere of internet radio were now on members of Philly Cam. We were members in good standing with Philly Cam, which was a um, public access television station and community radio station here in Philadelphia. We... So when we were on the air, we were representing ourselves, but we were also representing Philly Cam. We were also, because at, at that point, our network had grown and we had taken under our on our network the Ghouls Next Door podcast and the Garbled podcast, as well as Gutter Talk podcast, which was made in, um, which was produced in collaboration with Colt Pops Podcast Network. We had those three individual entities, Colt Pop, Ghouls Next Door, and Garble, that I was thinking about, you know, thinking about, you know, their relationship with us and how that might drag their name into the uh, a situation. And I also had to think of more back to Philly Cam because at that point I had was on not only on the board of directors of Philly Cam but I had been elected their vice president. So I had a lot of different layers of people that I had to and in rep, representation that I had to think about when dealing with this situation in regards to the troubles and Jason. So in doing our due diligence we met with his accuser to get her side of the story. Well, we wanted to meet with the accuser to get her side of the story. She re- didn't want to meet with us. She refused to meet with us. We were like, okay, you know, that's that's your choice. Um, so now we were fully ready to go forward and make a decision on what to do. Just now we only really had Jay's point of view. Um, it was at that point that um, she reconsidered her position actually she was made to re- reconsider her position um, by a mutual friend and I think maybe like a few days later reached out and said okay she would be willing to sit down and talk to us so we were like alright great so Ariel myself and um, Bria of Johnism PR who was kind of like working with us at that point went and met with uh, Jay's accuser, um, the mutual friend who kind of linked us up. And it's just a mutual friend. There's no reason to put that person's name out there. Um, and the accuser had, I think, like two other people with her. One of them who was a former, called herself like a former associate or slash volunteer with J1 Studios who had their own tale in regards to Jason that she wanted to relate to us. Um, and I think the other person may have been her roommate. Um, it may have been the the accuser's roommate. Um, and we, li- we listened to the person that used to work with Jay's story, um, but we were more interested in the accuser's story because that was the person who put her life out there for people first and foremost um, and the one that was kind of like leading this charge oh uh, 
we also also there was a person from a local newspaper who was planning on doing a story about these allegations. That was the other thing that was happening was that these allegations were about to be see the light of day in a in a small local college newspaper. Um, and they were there at that meeting as well. She told her story. She told us her story. Um, we listened. Um, we were, you know, moved by her story. Um, and more or less left there with the the thought that with the thought that, you know, whatever happened between the two of them, because her story, to be honest, didn't bend so far from Jason's story. Again, it was all really about context. Um, but it was still there were things there that was like, OK, I, she says she was affected by these things. Who are we to say she is not being truthful about that? So we left there more or less. Well, I left there. I don't want to. I'm trying not to speak for Ariel or uh, as much as I can in some instances. I left there um, believing that, okay, Jay needs to say something. Jay needs to say something. And I feel like deal with this. I had my own thoughts of what he might do. Uh, I believe, and I hope I'm getting this timeline right. I believe it was after that. It was after that meeting that Jay had a meeting with his lawyer, and I asked him if he wanted me to go with him, and he said yes. And I said okay, so I went with him, his wife. Um, they had a mutual friend who had linked them up with this lawyer, and the four of us sat down in the lawyer's office where Jay spilled the story. Um, telling his version of her story and then telling his side of the story. Um, and it was at that meeting that that lawyer advised Jason not to say anything. Um, I voiced that I didn't think that that was a smart move. I thought that Jay should say something. Um, but it, it his lawyer and I'm not sure if he I'm pretty sure they didn't like a solidified deal it certainly didn't solidify a deal when I was there but his lawyer advised that that lawyer advised Jason not to say anything and Jason took that advice and didn't say anything um which is fair which is fine you know follow the legal advice I'm not a lawyer um Uh, we so we left there and he wasn't going to say anything it was not long after and it actually may have been that same day that no I believe it was I believe it was the next day two very interesting things happened one the editor of the paper that was about to going to be running this story contacted me um and advised that, you know, they they were putting together the story on Jay, 
Um, but in their research, they, I guess, hadn't fully realized that he was a member of the Black Tribbles um, and was more or less calling me to advise that, you know, hey, we didn't want to, not trying to tarnish the Black Tribbles. We heard that she had said some things about Black Tribbles, um, other members. Oh, and I'm sorry. It, and it was at that meeting where we sat down with her where it was revealed that she was her allusions to other members of the black tribbles um, being perpetrators of similar behavior. She actually, the people that she was thinking about were people who were, let's say associated with J one studios. And they were in not in fact, the black tribbles and she apologized because she told us who the, who those people were. Um, and I was like that they're not the black tribbles. Um, but these were people who had, of course had been on our show because they're like, you know, they were fans of ours and merging of the two fan bases and everything like that. Um, and that's where the, the confusion came in. So she apologized for that. And then late, I believe that next day did, um, retract that statement so anyway um, so the editor contacted us and after seeing how that all went down just wanted to reassure me that you know we weren't trying to start any troubles with the black troubles we didn't know anything about you know her making that statement like yo we don't have nothing against y'all or anything like that and we were like alright cool you know we appreciate I appreciate that um, and then asked me for a statement in regards to Jay and I gave a statement in regards to Jay and I gave a statement of support for Jay um, not supporting necessarily Jay's side of the story because Jay had not put his side of the story out there but I just gave a support of my feelings in regards to Jay and that's all I basically talked about I talked about my feelings in regards to Jay I talked about you know my feelings in regards to misogyny in general um and that was that. That same day, I was contacted by a friend who was in kind of like the geek media, not going to say who, but who had given me wind that, you know, this story was starting to bubble up, starting to move out of the social media phase. And that while they weren't going to be running the story, that if the story ran because the news of this was starting to bubble up a little bit and news that a a uh, newspaper story was going to be coming was forthcoming gave me when that if that story ran while they weren't going to do their own separate piece they were going to basically repost that newspaper story. And they had to court wind that not only were the entities that they worked for going to be running it, um, but there was another entity that was going to be running it. And these two entities were two bigger name players in geek news. Um, Now it's like, oh, that's interesting, uh, because it was interesting that it would it bubbled up to that level, um, 
I guess the seriousness of the allegations, it certainly made sense that people weren't going to, all right, we're not going to do the heavy lifting and investigate it on our own. But if somebody else is doing the heavy lifting and investigating it and putting it out there, then we can just say, hey, according to such and such, this is such and such a thing. And that's basically what they were going to do, which is what a lot of these news uh, sites do. So it made perfect sense to me. So I caught wind that that was going to happen, and I actually then went to Jason and told him that um, and reiterated that I thought that that was why it was not a good idea for him to not say anything. At this time, it was starting to bubble up more and more, and he was remaining mute about it. Um. And he kind of, I thought we had left that conversation with him saying that he was going to say something within 24 hours. I was like, all right, cool. Um, uh, but I told him that until he kind of like cleared that up, that it, he had to take a break from the show. It was just the, it was just the way that it was going to have to be um, because it just wasn't a good look um, because by that point, not only has she retracted our name from having anything to do with that type of stuff, um, I had already I had posted a video just letting people know that we were down you know we were all about no misogyny and and everything like that, and Tribbles were not guilty of anything, yada, yada, yada. Um, so we had made a statement. The Black Tribbles had made a statement. Um, Ariel had more or less, more. Ariel decided that she was not going to continue Anime Wednesdays, and while she didn't have to make any type of big pronouncement because it was already on a type of a break, she did respond to an email from the accuser and just you know I, I believe she let it known, be known that way that she wasn't going to it, it just wouldn't be renewed the anime Wednesdays would not be returning so Jason said he was going to say something I was like alright cool um, and then as 24 hours started to wane down Jay did not say anything um, again and I believe he had talked to another lawyer by now and that lawyer also advised him not to do do anything and they think they were going to do like a cease and desist letter or something um but he chose not to say anything which perfectly is right um and then soon after we went on the air announcing that jay was taking a break from the show um to deal with some personal matters um and that was it and as far as I know, in, in, in our review, in my review of our back shows, we never really addressed it again. I mean, we addressed it on that show um, about how Jay was taking a break due to personal matters. But we did say, it was, you know, some things have been he had been accused of some things and he's got to go deal with that on a legal legal basis. And we talked about it on the show and. We, I'm not going to say it was a fully unanimous decision. Everyone understood the decision, but not everyone agreed with 
the decision. They understood it. They understood it was a decision that had to be made. They just didn't like it. Um, especially Eric and Randy. Um, Isaiah, Isaiah didn't like it, but understood more than those two. Um, but uh, Isaiah, I mean, uh, Randy and Eric wanted, they wanted us to support Jay. They wanted Jay to still be on the show. Um, and it's not unfair to say that everyone wanted Jay to still be on the show. But everyone else realized that Jay couldn't be on the show. Like if Jay was, if Jay had was under his legal counsel to not say anything, that was fine. But he couldn't be on our show that was celebrating hashtag misogyno and not address it. It just, it just wouldn't work. Um, and um, begrudgingly, Randy and Eric understood that. They just did not like it at all. At all. It, they did not like it. Um, Randy didn't like it. Eric didn't like it to the point where he contemplated whether or not he wanted to continue with the show. Um, and that's... I don't think he would mind me saying that because that was, it was real. Um, the uh, Kennedy and Ariel kind of, she knew it. She understood it. Didn't like it. Understood it. Got to keep it moving. Kennedy didn't like it. Understood it. Got to keep it moving. None of us sought to end any personal relationship with Jay. Quite the contrary. Um, but, of course, there were those of us who dealt on a personal level more with Jay than others. Kennedy and Eric would frequently see him, you know, in his South Street haunts and just be hanging out and catching a drink with him. Him and Eric would get together every once in a while and just go wild out for a weekend or something like that. So they had much more of a tighter personal relationship than Jay had with, you know, the rest of us, you know, he would see Ariel when he comes to amalgam, he'd see me at tripling meetings or every once in a while we get together and, you know, talk business. Um, so he had more of a personal relationship with them. So they, they still kind of saw him, um, you know, outside of the show. Um, but of course, less frequently um, as he was dealing with some, dealing with all of this. Um, I stayed in touch with Jay. Uh, like I said, we, we still, we, we still stayed in touch probably as much as, as we had before. Um, and on more than a couple of occasions, 
I sat down with him talking about where he was with things. He still was not saying anything. And to this day, I don't believe he's addressed it publicly. I mean, I know he's addressed this individually with a great many people, but because Jay, Jay will have a conversation with you. Um, but I don't think he's addressed it publicly with anyone. And um, that's his choice. Um, his legal counsel, I believe, I still believe he's still under legal counsel in regards to this. So I think that's their decision. Um, but I've met with him a couple of times. And both times I've, I've never backed away from I thought that that was a wrong stance and even earlier this year to the point where I talked to him earlier this year and advised okay well that stance is the stance so that's what it is but I offered him some free advice I should say free advice we're just talking um, but I offered him kind of like a, a a way that I thought that he could kind of like navigate this thing which would kind of like get things out in the open, get his, his side of the story out there, and then maybe put this thing to bed, as it were. Shine some light on it, pull away the covers so that you can get in there and sleep tight, you know, soundly, and, and finally put it to bed as much as you can. Um, he didn't take that advice. I mean, he, he took it, he accepted it, but he didn't follow my suggestion which was fine that's that's up to him um but uh yeah and and outside of that you know i i've chatted with him every once in a while i've seen him at a, a few events um i of course congratulated him and his wife on uh their impending uh child to come first on their new home send him a gift because I wasn't going to be here in town but I did have a get, gift sent to him um, in town for his housewarming uh, very happy for them in their new home extremely happy for them in their new baby um, I wished him nothing but as much success as possible with J1 um, and I've never ever wavered in my you know uh, affection and for Jason, for his wife Danae, uh, for his mother, um, and for more than a few of his friends. Some of them, you know, you, you, they're just associates, so you know, you, you get to know them. It's like it's whatever, whatever. Um, but more than a few of them, I see them like, yo, what's up? It's all cool, you know. Uh, the Golden Triple, Ray Riley, um, Copperwater Triple. Uh, uh, Trey Digger, uh, those two knuckleheads. I see them. I I busted up with them as much as possible. Just played Ray Riley's Mermaid John on Black Tribbles, which is a very good track. It's a very good track. I think I'm gonna play it again this week, uh, which will be tonight. Um, um, so I'm cool. I'm I'm very cool with them. I've had some other, you know, um, interactions with people who are staunchly, I know to be staunch J fans, um, and friends. And you could tell the dynamic is different 
you know you could just you could just feel it and and it, maybe it's me maybe it's me reading it into it but um i had i had one particular run in not i shouldn't say run in but interaction with someone um at a recent convention that i was with where it was really really palatable to me the difference and um that's really what got this whole thing percolating in my head uh and then it just so happened coincidentally someone else talked to me and was telling telling me their feelings about how everything went down um and that the impression being that I threw Jay under the bus. I don't think I threw Jay under the bus. I think, like I said, I did what was in the best interest for Black Tribbles um, and all of the entities that they are associated with. Um, and it's the decision that I would make today, the same as I did a couple of years ago. Um I and I made and I while I made the decision and I didn't ask for necessarily a vote of the decision from everybody. I asked everybody, you know, to, we talked about how everybody was feeling about it. But I made the decision. I I purposefully did not ask the tribbles to vote on it. You know, I made the decision and then people just expressed their feelings that whether or not they liked it or not. Um but I made the decision and I did that because I didn't want any of them to have to make that vote. I didn't want them to have to make that call. Um, you know, it's one of the things you do when you're the, you're the, you want to call the shots, then you've got to call the shots, the good ones and the, and the hard ones. So, you know, when people, when I hear from people telling me that, people think that I threw Jay under the bus. I'm like, okay. I know, I know that I didn't. Um, and I think Jason knows that I didn't, at least he's expressed to me that he knows the difference. Now, you know, who knows what he's saying in private or amongst his friends. Um, but it's been my impression that he knows, uh, why I did what I did. Um, and um, fortunately, that newspaper article never ran. Um, I don't know if it was because of a cease and desist letter that they received or uh, um, maybe they second thought some of the allegations, maybe in their investigations. I don't know. That story never did run. However, I know that, that her, his accuser is still out there, at least in some form or fashion, telling her story. And he's continuing on. Like I said, J1 happened and he's got other events planned. Um, and I have forever wished him well on that. Uh, but at this point, while I don't know if, say, over the six months, six months after this stuff had happened, any time in, in that time, if Jay had issued a statement, whether or not that would have made a difference of whether or not he might come back to the show, maybe it would have, maybe it wouldn't have, who knows, you'd have to see how that type of thing played, would have played out. 
Um, I think it's safe to say at this juncture, now almost two years later, that Jay most likely won't return to the show. Um, he will always be a founding member of our show. Um, he will never be he who shall not be named. I named him at the beginning of the show. I won't name him again. Um, he'll, ne he'll never fall to that status. He'll always be considered our founding member. He'll always be part of our story. Um, he will always be spider triple. I think, honestly, it's funny. I had an, an I did an interview um, with Keith Williams, an, an artist, uh, former Mar Marvel artist. I did an interview with him just a few weeks ago, and he was a, he drew Spider Man for like ever. And um, for a long time. And so he wanted to be Spider Triple. And I was like, man, I can't give it to you. There's a Spider Triple. There is a Spider Triple. And honestly, I thought about it after I did that interview. Like, you know, would I ever give up Spider Triple? Like, would I give up Bat Triple? Like, I would only give up Bat Triple for Bill Finger. Like, I, I, like Bob Kane could suck a dick. But Bill Finger... I'd give up bat trouble for, or, or, or let's say Neil Adams. If Neil Adams said he wants to be bat trouble, he wants to be recognized as the Batman guy in, um, in our little, in, in triple nation, then I would give it up for him and him only. So, um, that more or less is the spider trouble story. That's it. Um, that's where things are at this point. Uh, you know, I, I, there's not much more that I can add to it. Um, I'm sorry. I, I, I got thrown off. I, I had a phone call, right? I, I had to pause for a phone call. Just, you know. The, the work never stops. Um, uh, yeah, so Jay probably won't be returning to the show. We're going to continue on. We're moving forward. Um, we got some cool things um, that we looking at doing. Um, I, I, I actually have like a couple of like cool, like, like the, the next season of Tribbles After Dark is about to be kicking off. I know there's going to be a conference call happening this weekend. Um, Eric, the master Tribble is kind of like taking the lead producer roles on Tribbles After Dark with this season. Um, so that is really, really cool. Uh, and from what I understand, he, Isaiah and our director, Gabe Castro, um, have a, more than a few cool ideas of what they want to do. Um, we're going to be kicking off things here in YouTube pretty soon. We've got a, a YouTube series that I, I definitely kick off, but I really think that it's not going to be ready to pop until January, maybe February. Um, and I say February because when it pops, when we premiere it, I want to have like a few shows in the can already. So um, and we probably won't start filming until January, but uh, it promises to be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be doing that. Uh, we're going to be bringing in a few people. Um, brand new entertainment is going to be working with us also on that on that production. 
Um, I, I am tempted. <laughs> I'm tempted to try and redo my sex show, The Pleasure Principle. Um, I don't know. I don't think that's going to happen. I had hoped that it would happen. Um, I want to. I'm, I'm trying to line up a sponsor for it. I want to line up a sponsor for it before I approach pleasure. Because if I do it, I know I have to do. I, if we do it, I know I have to pay pleasure. <laughs> um, I think she would want to do it, but I'd have to pay her. She lives in Delaware now, so to get her to come to my house, where the studio will be, I'm gonna have to pay, pay her. Um, and she's she's at a different place in her life. She may not want to do it, but um. But I want to. I'm kind of like talking to a sponsor about to seeing if they'd be interested in uh, sponsoring it, and uh, if they are, then we might be able to make it work. Um, but again, that wouldn't be something to to next year. And then I want to do a narrative. I want to do something narratively. I do. There's two real big projects. There's three big. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. We're making this personal, so I'm I'm unfurling some stuff. You know, you had the spider triple story, and there's a couple of things. There's about three, four projects that I really want to do. Um, three of them are triples related. One is I want to do either a series or a movie, and I'm I'm leaning more towards a series, and. I want to do I I want to do a web series that is a more or less like a sitcom. I don't want to do a sketch thing. I want to do like a sitcom type thing. Um and I know who I want to star in it. I know what I want the story to be about. Uh I just want to see if I can pull it off. That um and I'm starting preliminary conversations with people about that now wouldn't be anything to be filmed until next year um, to maybe debut in the summer, but it's something that I want to do. The other thing that I want to do is um, I want to do a book. I want to make Octavia City a book. I want it to be a book series. Um, I talked to somebody last year about maybe doing it as like a magazine, which is not a bad idea. Um, but I think a magazine doesn't do it justice. I think a book would be better. Um, so I want to do it as a book. Um, so I want to look into doing that. And then I have an idea for a late night show, almost like a late night talk show. I have an idea for a late night show. I would not be the host. I know the person that I want to be the host. I haven't talked to them about it. I hope to talk to them over the next couple of days. Again, this is something I wouldn't jump off until next year. Um, but I have an idea. I think I think I've come up with a concept that would be original. Um, and this person would make it original alone. Uh, something in, in, insane. So I want to do that. And then the last thing, which is a Michelle mission thing, because, you know, Michelle mission is up going up for his 200th episode uh, in February. If you are friends of the Michelle mission, my other podcast, my other my other baby, really. Um, Vince and I have talked about doing a book as well. We actually had 
we had a um we're recording in New York this past weekend and we had an opportunity on the ride up and down to kind of like hash out some of our ideas for what the book would be. Um, so we're actually preparing to kind of like outline that whole thing down so that we can uh, pitch it to uh, some agents. Um, and fortunately, because of our relationship with the Podglomerate Podcast Network, we have a couple of, um, you know, uh, the people at Podglomerate can give us a, kind of like a little bit of a heads up, uh, uh, like a, a foot up in that into that world, um, have like some contacts with some literary people. So we can come up with a nice little pitch that we can all get agreed on. They have expressed the interest of backing it and trying to get it into the hands of some agents and seeing what can happen. So that's one of the things. So that's what's happening in my world here. There's some other things happening in my world that I'm not prepared to talk about yet. Um, when they happen, you'll know. <laughs> I don't I don't expect it to be a big thing, but something tells me it'll be a big thing and you'll know. But no, no. until then. This is this has been the greetings from the bat base. Um, this was a little something different. I t I promised that I was going to be giving y'all some something different every once in a while, and I uh, hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this. Uh, me, uh, kind of like just like yeah here on the microphone, um, and this was just for you, our loyal patrons, and thanks for your patronage of Black Tribbles. Um, this is not a story that I haven't told a couple a couple of people when asked. So you don't necessarily have to keep it under your hat. You can tell people like, well, I, you know, I didn't talk to Len, but he talked to me. <laughs> and uh, this is what he said. Um, I don't mind. I don't care. Uh, um, but if you keep it under your hat, keep it under your hat. I just appreciate you allowing me the opportunity to get it off my chest. Um, and either you'll listen to it or you won't. I don't know. Uh, either way, I'll be back next week reviewing Batwoman. Maybe we'll talk about Arrow. Maybe we'll talk about something else. Maybe we'll talk Mandalorian. Maybe we'll see what you want to talk about. Tell me what you want to talk about. Hit me up. Email me. Blacktribbles at gmail.com. Email me. Hey, you know, I'm loving your page, greetings from the Bat Base. Can you talk about this? You want to talk about that? Or I liked when you talked about this. Then uh, we'll get it up and running for you. Okay? So I'll talk to you next week. Until then, put some sunshine on your face. I got mine. Go get yours. Peace. Peace.